Hey everyone, welcome to episode 169 of 15 with Andy and Randy. Now last week I mentioned the weather and apparently Mother Nature is a bit of a narcissist and loves to dominate headlines. So as those of us in the Southeast and specifically here in Florida are accustomed, we are rolling out the proverbial red carpet for her once again. Tropical Storm Dorian, soon to be Hurricane Dorian as the forecast claims before it hits... I should watch the news. <laughs> right before it hits Puerto Rico. Oh, geez, I'm sorry, Puerto Rico. And then hopefully back to a just a tropical depression before it gets to us. But, you know, you just never know. So, like I said, our friends in Puerto Rico are likely the first stop in its path, Cuba to follow, and a predictive cone, at least currently, that has Florida in its sight. So if you haven't thought about your hurricane plan yet this year, dust it off. You may need it sooner than later. And was with any tropical storm headed our way, download the FHC app and all the links to the National Hurricane Center and local resources are always there. And for quick and easy updates, because I'm always like, which app do I go to? Put them in our app and that yeah, way we know where they are. Sure. Last time it worked out really, really well. All right. Last week, we were still in the Case for Kindness series, and we were reminded that in the final analysis, being a peacemaker is about working to bring about not just the absence of trouble – but all of that which makes and supports and enables the highest good. The highest good. I have been thinking about that all week up <laughs> yeah, until this yeah. last one. You, you talked about that last week. And it, it stuck with me all week. And, <laughs> I, you know, I found it to be a refreshing way to think about what I can do or what I could do if my goal is truly the highest good mm. versus simply the absence of trouble. So I've been trying to look at things through that lens. That's good. And if you missed last week, go back and listen to it. Watch the message because we really defined what the highest good is versus just the absence of trouble right. as kind of our comfort zone. And um, it really did change the way I looked at this week. Cool. That's good stuff. All right. On to this week. Let the bad bring the good. I don't know about this. In, incarnational, <laughs> loving, creatively looking for ways to redeem bad, doing good to those who do us harm. So I'm still waiting for the part that is supposed to get me excited, get me on board, send me off into the world to declare the this how great is my God. This sounds more like the masochist manifesto than the blueprint for the salvation of the lost, Andy. Okay, but but I, I, I think the best illustration, I think the best illustration in the message in regards to the bad bring the good is the bad of the really hard to get a mm. and how good that feels compared to the easy to get a see that that doesn't compute because when i was in school so i was like an yeah, a's, me an a's, a's, a's and a's no 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 as long as you bring home that no, a and no, mom but, smiles and pats you yeah, on the back does it well, matter you can get the same reward for them but they feel different to the possessor that is I true mean, if you're um if you're not quite sure you're gonna get it you're you squeak by and you go to the test board and you see i got an a it's like ah oh, that was worth it yeah Okay. Oh man, because uh, bad illustration. <laughs> I think we, I think we still may need some convincing on this one. But how can this attitude, what seems a lot like this, um, almost abuse by invitation, how can this be something that God can use to His benefit and glory? When we're looking at it from strictly the other side, going like, "Oh, you want us to take a, you know." A whooping down here. <laughs> How does this help? <laughs> what am I trading off for this? Oh, my. You should listen to the sermon again. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's, um, it is a tough one. I almost started the sermon by, by saying, 
you know, Romans eight twenty eight, which we people quote all the time to people yeah. when they're going through some horrible experience, all things work together for good. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, right. You know, that's 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 easy for you to say because you, your septic didn't just back up and your your bank account's not empty and you you know you just keep on going down the list. Absolutely. But it's actually interesting that going through a challenge, going through a trial, being tested, yeah, being pushed in an area that we're being pushed because we have standards and we have beliefs and we have practices mm. that push us that really in fact one author talks about in the psychology of christian personality talks about we always understand that if you go through a terrible time it forms character yeah and it takes character to go through a horrible time that's what i'm saying it takes care he says it takes character to go through it but we often don't give much literature or time to the fact that the that going through the trial is actually what builds the character. Mm. You know, we we got to come with all this character to face it. That's true. Uh, doing it, facing it, actually builds the character for the next one. Yeah, and that kind of works right into it. My next point, because it seems like, you know, being persecuted, that's easy enough. I mean, we don't have to try really hard. And as Christians, the theology that we all pretty much agree on as a as a whole in today's world is a pretty wide target for detractors, opposers and for people to abuse right. you. So it's not right. hard to find someone who's going to disagree with you. But loving and doing good to those who intentionally do us emotional or physical harm, looking for ways to redeem our own oppression into something positive, this is going to take a bit more practice than most of us are used. Used to, there must be a doormat 101 course for this, no? <laughs> well, it, it sort of goes back a little bit to being poor in spirit, and it goes to meekness as well, uh, having humility. It's very countercultural, as actually all the Beatitudes are. I mean, is that something that we can look at when we talk about being countercultural and Jesus, who was the, obviously very countercultural? Is this one of the things that, as much as you might hate to say it, that this might be one of the things as Christians we really could latch onto and grab with gusto and really bring about a whole new way for people to interact with each other instead of you can talk to anyone pretty much. I don't, it doesn't matter if you're right, left right. in politics or mm-hmm. like, right. oh man, we are just absolutely sick of the whole process. We're right. sick of both parties. We're sick of all this <laughs> stuff. And, you know, we're not even close to the election oh, yet, no. right? And we got so much, all the worst is yet to come. So, I mean, is this something that we could really grab onto and for people to look at us and go, man, that's why? Yeah. yeah. Why, why are they willing to suffer for yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah. And, and how we treat people just, it makes a difference in, in, uh, well, the other thing about persecution, and I think it with Christians too, sometimes they just, some Christians seem to want it, well, you know? <laughs> yeah, we've and, all met those. And, and Jesus says, you know, blessed are those who are persecuted. He didn't say, say blessed are those who seek persecution. Oh, yeah, and, right. And then there, <laughs> there is a difference. Or being persecuted for the wrong things. You right, know? right. You're, you're not really, um, people don't really care what we believe or teach or what we think about truth. If we're not very fun to be around, if we're sort of grouchy and mean spirited, if we are a case for unkindness individually, they don't really they're not interested in our perspective on the world. And if we're really seeking it out, like you're talking about, we've all met those people that seem to find every opportunity to let you know how they've been. Someone has done them wrong or they've been persecuted Uh, or whether and, you know, not that. There's not some legitimate reasons and legitimate stories behind some of these. But at the same time, you immediately go, oh. Yeah, I I think Jesus was saying, blessed are the persecuted who don't whine about it. There's probably a translation somewhere somewhere. that could put that out for us. I'll find it. I'll find (laughs) it. Well, Mm -hmm. again, kind of I really found a lot of parallels into last week because if you're going to be a peacemaker, Mm -hmm. it leads directly into this. And we discussed how – 
growing up here in the West and more specific, the United States, our lack of exposure to what so many people don't yeah. have in, in peace. And are we again, I mean, at a disadvantage here to understanding a persecution in a way that we can be better at it? Yeah, we, we probably are. And the, the part of the problem with being in a, a very free country, rule of law uh, place is that we don't get much opportunity to practice managing persecution. I mean, really That's don't. True. And of course, within our, within our denomination, we, we insulate even further with our own parochial school systems. And, right. and so that there's not even opportunity to have the conversations that might lead to some um, social persecution of not being included because of the way we think or the, or the practices or lifestyle issues. Today, so many people don't care. And, yeah, absolutely. We, we, but we have it built up oftentimes in our minds and are worried about getting persecuted when it's like, oh, you're fine. And, <laughs> and we're not are. necessarily talking about physical torture oh, and no. persecution. And I mean, we're, I mean, at least not for us right, right here right. for the most part, I would say. Well, there have been times like, in America. In fact, it's, it's really fascinating. I, I didn't have time in the message. So this is a good time to do it here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the fascinating thing is Jesus says, blessed are the those who are persecuted. And then once Constantine nationalizes Christianity, right. Christianity becomes the persecutor. Right, right, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, oh, it's no. just it's, it's oh, really horrible when you think about this huge period of, of, of history where Christians were doing the persecution once they they were persecuted, persecuted, persecuted. Oh, now we're not persecuting more. Now we'll persecute. You know, it's just like, really? Uh, and that just that just brings up more ideas of of what you know. Even though a lot of people might not know that part of it or be as familiar with it, it almost that just immediately brings up how it's like the changing of the guard in, in politics. You know, one when one is we've been abused for the last eight years, right. and then we get power, we go back right. the other way. And so when we think about things like that, we end up. I think. It's good that you brought it up that we get a better picture that we can we can be the persecution the people that are doing the persecuting right so we have to be right. just as you know it's not just coming at us it's not like oh well you're Christians that's that's your role in yeah. the in the grand scheme of the story and and knowing you have to run from physical persecution in some some regimes in the world uh, th- that almost may be easier psychologically in our heads to, to wrap our minds around versus yeah. having to realize that if we're going to stand up for the right. In our free culture, oh yeah, you know, if, if we're going to be against discrimination, we're gonna, if we're going to be for justice, if we're going to be, you know, if we're going to stand up for those things, we're going to get some, uh, at least some social rocks thrown at us. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. it really hurts when those are from people that you you really like. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're related to them, right. you know, and sure. it's like those. That's that's not all in itself easy either. But to we do. have to be really careful that on the other side that we don't become. So anti-heresy that we become the persecutors of those who think differently than we do. Yeah, absolutely. So if we believe we're living in the time before Christ's return and the accounts of the near future in the book of Revelations, these are things we should be mindful and prayerful as maybe our world begins to look more like some of our fellow Christians abroad as that time comes to pass. And we don't know exactly what that looks like. But how do we take steps personally to be these redeemers of bad and and these people that really could be a light in this time to go, yeah, we're willing to stand up for what we believe in. We're willing to turn the other cheek. I uh, think it seems we, like there's a big opportunity here. Yeah, we, we, I think we adopt Gary Vaynerchuk 
I mean, he's he's popularized that doing the right thing is always the right thing. I mean, and, yeah. and, and really to, to begin to have a life practice that says, I want my life to be about doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you combine that with um, the chapter in The Art of Possibility about being a contribution, that to wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to be a contribution to the world today. And doing the right thing is always the right thing, even if it doesn't seem like it's the right thing. Doing yeah. the right thing is the right thing. And to begin, begin to live that way on a casual, uh, regular life basis, yeah. I think is – and then, of course, keeping our connection with Jesus. Uh, those yeah, those prepare us for anything that might come in the future. I thought about that too because when I stop and think about it, we tend to make these grandiose things about persecution and yeah. and, and then all that goes with it. <laughs> but sometimes I think it's just like you said, it's waking up every morning and just look saying, you know, God, I don't know how you can use me today and you know, but if I can react <laughs> in a way that maybe I couldn't before. If I could just make one good like, hey, I stood up for something, you gave me an opportunity. And I just let you speak words through me. And, you know, we start small yeah. and because really none of the persecution parts, if we're going to truly be that light, we have to do it. We have to be consistent with it. Well, sure. If you just decide you're going to smile at everybody you meet for a well, day, <laughs> you're going to get you're going to get some smiles back, probably mostly smiles back. That's but you're going to feel a little persecuted by the person that won't even look at you or frowns. Yeah, um, it's so it is. It's, it's sort of crazy. What are you smiling at, yeah. man? Yeah. <laughs> Well, you had some great story illustrations of how easy it is for us to become a victim of religious discrimination in our minds. You said we must make sure as followers of Jesus, we are exemplifying the first seven Beatitudes and that if we suffer persecution, it is for righteousness, not rebelliousness. (laughs) And it's like, oh, man, how many times can you think of just in your head where it's like, oh, man. That so that that's just like something that can flip the corner so fast and it can turn it around so fast. You're like, how did that happen? I went into that with good intentions. I I, I thought I had this framework <laughs> laid for how to do this, and it totally, totally got ruined. Isn't the nature of being a Christian in today's world a bit of the rebellious side, though? If you're looking at, I mean, people look at it and say, "Oh, you're just doing that because." You can claim that, you know, this is my freedom of religion. And so oh, we're, yeah. just, we're just going to stand behind that. And yeah, just, yeah, the, the craziness of those two cases that I talked about, the two Christian ladies, one, yeah, yeah, with one the, about the, wearing the, the, wearing the crucifix yeah. and mm-hmm. one wearing the, the crucifix on our uniform in the, in the airline. Yeah, it just, it, it just makes you, you just sort of want to strangle them a little bit. You know, say, yeah. like, really, this is not about you. This is a company policy. It has nothing to do with spirituality. It's it's because they want they don't want cluttered uniforms, or they yeah. they're trying to protect patients in the hospital setting, and just being able to say, okay, it's, this is not all about me, and I'm not being persecuted uh, is right. really important to be able to look at it and be be sane about our sharing of our, our spirituality. Don't use it for any excuse to try to get out of something, right? You know? And I think some people would. Well, I know some people, you read some of these stories in social media and things and people like, well, I'm a Christian and you're infringing on my rights to, and it's like not, you don't, you don't hear Jesus talking about rights much. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> well, surrendering them. <laughs> and, and, and how does how does press of this nature? I mean, I guess there's a certain group there. I mean, there is a certain group that rallies behind things like this, and they'll always be behind it. But I think, on overall, we just have to be careful that what we're putting out there is something that Jesus would be behind and right. say, "Yeah, I, I approve." <laughs> Almost like political yeah. ad, I'm Jesus, well, and I approve of this way of doing things. It's it, it goes to the whole point I did while I go about the fact that the Christians became the persecutors. Yeah. So it doesn't take us long if we feel like we're being religiously discriminated against to go to war. That's true. And we should be peacemakers. Yeah. <laughs> so it's first seven beatitudes before you get to this one. we got to get Ooh, those in line. Man. And so what, why are we going to war for ourselves about self and our rights, so to speak? Why don't we just lay down our lives for our brothers Oh, that's a Jesus thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and, we're protecting we're protecting religious liberties for everyone, Andy. Isn't that why we're doing it? Yeah. Sometimes that's true, but yeah. sometimes it's not. <laughs> well, and the other thing that I I really thought of as related to this was in our culture, there's a dominant narrative that if you disagree with me, you hate me, mm-hmm. or at minimum, you think that you're better than me somehow, or that I'm I'm stupid, or you know, there's no way that we can work anything out. And speaking disagreement and love is a tough job all on its own. Mm-hmm. And now we're supposed to not only accomplish that, but when the reception to our disagreeable nature isn't received in the manner of its intent. We're then tasked with doing good in its wake. And I'm not sure I see reliable God-approved outcome for me in most cases on this, Andy. So I'm, I'm looking for some sage advice here. From, yeah, from, just from, do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's just – it's when you start to think about some of the interactions, you can go back – I know I can and go back to a handful of things. I can think of three things that have happened in the last probably three to four months. Where you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Right. It wasn't from a place of ill will towards someone. Right. It wasn't something it just that wasn't just necessary. It, it didn't need to be said, yeah. and it came out, and it wasn't pre. It wasn't premeditated. It was just something that you went blah, and yeah. it came out, and you're like, oh shoot. I think when we're struggling to how to how to do that, how yeah. to how to love the persecutor, um, I think to, to go back and read things like Corey. Tin Boom and 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 Victor Frankel and the things from the from World War II, some great great stories. To to look for stories where you see people reaching way beyond, uh, you know, like the the person who the, the the lady I forget what country she was in who the the bad guys killed her son, and then the guy that was on trial for killing her son, she wanted him to come to her house and replace her son. Well, you know, to come and be at her house with her. And it's wow. like, oh, my lands, uh, you know, yeah. that, that's that's a superhuman in its nature. Helps put it in perspective, too. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a there's definitely worked. I know personally that it just sometimes when you don't have a great filter and sometimes you just think too fast and words come out and you think to yourself, why in the world would you have said something like that when clearly that wasn't what you were thinking? Well, that's why I and, said in the sermon that everybody <laughs> – I want to. Everybody wants to push back when you get pushed. Yeah. I mean, it's just the natural reaction. Yeah. Well, this week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, how can we make sure persecution comes from doing right and not just being stubborn? (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, well, if you can answer that question, we'll have you on the podcast next week and we will devote an entire episode to how you can make that happen. And if you have a roadmap, I would surely, surely love to hear what that is. But but in seriousness, I, I also thought about it and just... If this is something that I can keep thinking about and just keep talking to God about, like, how in the world can we just make sure that when someone just comes at us, 
in a way that threatens us or makes us feel insecure or whatever we would rather lash out. If there's like, I don't know, is there breathing exercises? Is, it, is, is there? It, <laughs> we'll make sure it's for righteousness sake and not just, yeah, yeah. A little discernment for righteousness sake. <laughs> All right. Our final thoughts are from the closing of Andy's message. He said, we may imagine it would be noble and even glorious to suffer and die for Jesus Christ, <laughs> to give what we cannot keep, to gain what we cannot lose. But it is more likely that God calls us to walk with him and live rather than die for him and know that there is a blessedness in the trials and persecutions. A great reward is coming and we are in good company and God is with us and our joy is in him. Oh, man, that's a there's a whole pile of goodness right in there that it's just like keep reminding, yeah. keep reminding, keep reminding. Well, it's a little bit. It's It, it, it reminds me of the person who's like. Hey, if you know, if I had a if I had a billion dollars, I'd give all this money to the church or to this cause or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. God probably is not asking you to give a billion. He's probably going to ask you for a nickel here and a dime there, and a nickel here and a dime, a quarter over there. And that's much uh, that builds a, a pattern of life into us. And I think the yeah. same thing is true here. That versus having to die for the kingdom, we right. have to do little little tiny deaths on a regular basis just to our way versus, you know, God's way. And if we realize that, maybe we can just realize those with a little more intentionality, a little more focus and go, this might be one of those things. All right, (laughs) let's choose words carefully. Let's take a breath. Let's count to five before we return fire. And maybe we can be just a little bit more on Uh, the... uh, We've all returned fire. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So what? We've got what? Just one more? This is the conclusion. This is the wraps it up. And it's it's, it's, uh, proactive kindness. Proactive kindness. Proactive kindness. And I'm hoping that I can pull off what I want to do. I've got a lot of work to... (laughs) To do this week because I want to. There's a the way I want to do this one. Um, will be sort of if it if it works, it'll be sort of fun. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm always down for more fun, so you don't want to miss next week, either the message or the podcast. That's going to be episode 170, which means that's going to do it for this week. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check it out next week because I think we're going to have some fun. Have a great week, guys. Okay, so I'll let you be my first guinea pig. I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> ah, I, got a, I got a victim in the chair. A uh, victim in the chair.